Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So Kate, as we've discuss this episode will be coming out the day after christmas yes and uh boxing day boxing day if you will happy boxing happy day boxing happy day boxing day to you day. Uh, but when we are recording this uh we are actually recording this on the thursday before as i am given to understand it we are about to be hit by the world's Biggest snowstorm of all time. All of the snowstorms must bow down to the it's, one that's coming. Well, I think it's the the cold and the wind is really going because it's all For coming us, from yes. the from the North yeah. Pole, and there's like an Arctic polar oh, vortex from the North push. Pole? Yeah, I feel very well. And you know what else comes from the North Pole? Santa. Right. Is well, he going to ride that wave? Is well, he ride in, that? in his bags of presents, he's bringing like minus 40 and minus 50 degrees to the Dakotas, and that's not the wind chill. <laughs> yeah, that it's ain't dangerous. Good. Yeah, that's not good. So uh, we could all be little popsicles, folks, by the time you actually hear this, which wouldn't make or, sense because who would have edited this? But sure. No, yeah. I think people are thawing while listening to us. There you go. Yeah. So, podcasts you can thaw to. Yes. That's, that's what our moniker will be. <laughs> Thawable. Raves. <laughs> Random podcast listener. Exactly. Um, while one is thawing, what podcasts are they listening to, Kate? Fuse 8 and Kate. That's right. And ooh, I am Betsy. I'm Kate. Okay. And uh, we discuss things on this podcast. What do we uh, What do we discuss here? Cold weather. Yeah. Horribly cold, freezing temperatures. You know what I did last time there was a polar vortex? What did you do? I dressed up in an inflatable dinosaur costume and did the hot water trick where you take a yeah. hot, hot water and you throw it in the air. And then oh, I think a sequel is in order. Oh, yeah. It's That'd happening. That'd be so TikTokable, too. I don't, oh, I don't anyway. do the TikTok. I should do the TikTok of you doing that. All right. All right. Well, we literally will. <laughs> have nothing else to do so if on christmas day we're over here that's what we're gonna do and uh yes besides the tiki talks what we do is we discuss picture books and whether or not they should be classics or not right so i did find a christmasy book we hadn't done already it is not a classic in my household but it is a classic in my sister-in-law's household so this is a book that she grew up with and is very fond of and it is an author illustrate well an illustrator at least that we have done before on the show so i'm quite thrilled allow me to introduce to you the night before christmas uh illustrated by tasha tudor actually written by c clement moore but he doesn't get any credit on the cover at all isn't it actually called something else it's called a lot of things it's called twas the night before christmas it's called a visit from saint nicholas i think that's what yeah I'm thinking yeah of it is it has many iterations this one i would argue is 
almost literally faithful in some respects. I would be fascinated to know your opinion on this one. Well, the cover of it has Santa dancing with a corgi who is almost the size of Santa. You have picked up on that. And so read the text very carefully to see why she made that choice. Because, uh... Are we dealing with giant corgis or tiny Santas? Oh, that is for you to determine. Either way... (laughs) Delightful. Okay. (laughs) Go read that book. All right. While Kate does her read, let's do a little background information on Tasha Tudor. Tasha Tudor. Now, it wasn't so long ago that I saw someone repost a Tasha Tudor picture online. It was from one of her books, and almost immediately, upon the picture being posted, there was someone in the comments mentioning that when she died, some of her children didn't even attend her funeral, and That's just, you know, what goes when you've got people who live their lives and it looks so perfect and they're not. And See, this is a very good example of what happens when a person sets up their life to look a certain type of way and then that life doesn't live up to the expectations associated with those choices. So in this case, Tasha Tudor very much lived an 1830s kind of lifestyle and so did her children. So... When the news of her family's internal feuds were brought to life, uh, it gave people this weird sort of unpleasant glee, kind of the same thing you saw when Martha Stewart went to jail. People were like, ah, your life's not so perfect after all. Um, they'd mention how it took a judge to make a decision that where her cremated remains would be and, and how they should be separated in half amongst her children. And the fighting over the will did become a little bit extreme, um, but I don't really approve of people like leering over the family's problems, even now. Um, but that said, I did appreciate this particular quote from one of her kids. So this was from her son, Efner. And he said, quote, It's fine when you're a child and you have the doll parties and her marionette shows and all the wonderful fantasy things she did. My friends envied me. But when you grow up and you have a parent who absolutely refuses to talk to you about real life issues, it's a problem. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. For this book, it should be more like, ho, ho, ho. There you go. Ha, ha, ha. Is that, <laughs> is that what an elf sounds like? A little, a little uh, elf-like Santa Claus, yes. Yeah, I had no idea. Santa's an elf. Yeah, they do. It is in the text. Yeah. If you look at the text, that literally is what they wrote. But no one has ever paid attention to that line. No. Until now. I had no idea. Nor did anybody want to. Learn something <laughs> yes, new every day. Exactly. So I think we all know the first line and the last line of this book. Aw, what the hey? What's the first line? Twas the night before Halloween. I mean, Christmas. Oh, boy. (laughs) That was was smooth. Smooth Uh, as silk. You know, everyone's sleeping. That's what it is. Well, that's... It's one of the few books where it just opens with everyone, like, like conked out. Including in the illustrations a... You know, not even a mouse who is sleeping in a four-poster bed... Uh, underneath the floor of the house. <laughs> well, well done there, Mouse. I'm not sure where you stole that from, but, you know, you go you. I mean, it's pretty impressive. It's a very nice bed. Yeah. Hey, so... man, if you got it, flaunt it. Uh, and then in throughout this book, the pages flip between color, 
You turn the page, it's all black and white. <laughs> you turn like the page, a, color, you turn the page, black and white. That must have been a money thing, right? You save money if you don't do it all in color, so. To be clear, this is very dated in like the 1800s. Oh, I'm going to say 1830, since that was the era that Tasha Tudor wished she lived in. Okay. So we're just going to go with 1830 on that. Yeah, so the, the stockings are, you know, like old socks. Right, being hung yeah. by the, the fire. With care? Uh, sure. And sure. then... <laughs> I mean, how, I, I mean, mean, how no? <laughs> they didn't just fling them towards the fire and they're landing in the fire. How do you the carefully time? nail a sock to or a piece wouldn't of the, wood? Wouldn't the nails already be there? I guess, and you just like slam a sock on it, but don't slam too hard because then you get your hand in there and that's just nasty. So. I don't know. You that got, would be not with care. So uh, apparently, I had no idea. The story is all told through the eyes of the father in this book. Yeah, it is. It's all his POV. Yeah. It's dad POV. And how often in anything do we get dad POV? Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. And no. You don't really get that feeling when reading the poem, but... No, no, no. But it, it says, him. Mama's in her kerchief and I in my cap. It said Mama? And Mama in Oh, that's her- interesting because I think in the original it's Ma. Oh. Oh, we should have the original here. That's all right. I can yeah. remember it well enough. Well, and, and I in my cap. Right. So that's definitely, the I guess, the... I mean, she He's drew got, it as yeah. a man, so it's, it's a this dude. Was, this was when your house was so poorly heated, you had to wear a hat to bed. Right. Basically. <laughs> so then it says, when out on the lawn, there arose such a clatter. Now, hold on to that, because um, I find that to be very confusing later on. Yeah, I agree. So, okay. Uh, but Holding on to it. So the, here's a noise, and the mouse is awake. Uh, the cat oh, is awake. Oh, that mouse was so happily sleeping before. Nope, everyone's awake now. All right. Well, except for, well, not the kids. Right, no humans. No humans All animals. All animals, okay. All animals All are right. wide awake and the dad. And the dad. And he runs over to the window. That's quite a, that's quite a leg he's got there. Hmm. Where he tears open the shutters and threw up the sash. Does that just mean open the window? <laughs> I, you know... I guess in my head, whenever I hear sash, I always, you know, on your windows here, you're, you're, you have these pull down blinds. I always assume it's just like, <laughs> but you, you wouldn't have those no. back then in 1830. So I don't know what a sash is. I, uh, I'm, I'm sure it, someone does. I, I think it just means opening the window. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause he does stick his head out. Right. Cause apparently he feels no cold. But window doesn't rhyme with flash. So. Right. Well, what rhymes with window? <laughs> like a. Go on. Give me a second. Yep. I got it. Wait a minute. Wait, I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. Skinned toe. No. That's gross, Betsy. <laughs> well, it rhymes. I didn't say it was a good rhyme. <laughs> okay. So he runs over to the window. He opens it up. After having skinned his toe. Uh, and in the moonlight, he can see a miniature, it says, a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. Now, I think so... most illustrators have taken that as perspective. Like, oh, they're far away, so they look very small. Right. That would be a logical way to take that line, in it, fact. No, because if he's an elf, he has a tiny... A, right, well, we haven't gotten to him being an elf oh, yet. Right. This is still... We also uh, apparently learned that there is no such thing as Rudolph... It is That's just right. the eight. Yeah, well, Rudolph had not been invented in Evanston, Illinois yet. So, uh, okay. yeah. Right. So, it says, uh, with a little old driver, and in the illustration, you can see he has elf ears. They are... Oh, wow! They are pointy little ears. He's like a little tiny Vulcan. 
like a little Spock. Yes, he's a, he's a Spock with a... <laughs> he's a little Spock. He's a little fat Spock. A little... With a beard. A little bearded Spock. Uh, and it says, I knew... He smiles. It must be Saint Nick. Right. So in the illustrations, he is flying through the sky, mm. right? Right. Uh, he's saying the names of all the reindeer. Sure. And then it says... To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. Right. Okay, so what happened then on the lawn that woke the that woke the dad up in the yeah, first place? Yeah, did he drop something while he was lowering and hit the lawn? Because he heard a clatter. Yeah. That's the exact word he uses. He, yeah. He heard such a clatter. This is on what the woke lawn. him up. It wasn't in the sky. He said the lawn. And now St. Nick is going to the top of the porch and the top of the wall. I, and he's dashing into way, dashing away, dashing away all. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very confused as yeah, to what it's a happened. Weird, I've always wondered this. Why was he woken by the lawn when, in fact, Santa's nowhere near the lawn at this right. point? Yeah. Unless he drops something. Exactly. This is like CSI. This doesn't make any sense. You know? Also, in the illustrations, uh, Tasha Tudor has decided to make the chipmunks air traffic control. <laughs> Wait, seriously? Yes, they have little... Oh um, my gosh. They uh, Maybe they're dandelions. No, they maybe are... Maybe they are lights. They are lights. I don't know where they got them, but yes, and that they, is without a doubt. I thought you were exaggerating, but that is no, that 100%. Is, that is air traffic control. Air traffic control chipmunks. <laughs> Circa 1830. Right. Wow. I mean, I, okay. So it says, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came in with a bound and he meets up with the dog and they're doing their secret handshake and he meets with the cat (laughs) and he decides to, I don't know, dance with the cat. I'm very confused. I should say a a tiny St. Nick makes a lot more sense being able to get down chimneys. Yes. Than a large St. Nick. Yes. So again, kind of on board with the choices made here. Also, the text says that his clothes are tarnished with ashes and soot, Mm -hmm. but you never see a dirty Santa. No, very rarely do you see a dirty, it makes sense. Yeah. Chimneys are filthy. So given the size of him to the animals at this point, I'm like, oh, okay. So he must be an elf because he is this small. Right. It has it still hasn't said it yet. It still has not said it. I'm yeah. just going based off of the illustrations yeah, she at this really, point. I mean, because that's how the text is, she really keeps you going for quite some time being like, what is going on with the tiny Santa? Yeah. But there's a two-page spread with all the toys that he has laid out for these kids. Man. We've got, like, a dollhouse. We've got a... These kids got a maid in the shade. All these, like, toy soldiers and, like... Sleds and looks like maybe a board oh, game. And well, a, is that a board game? Like patterned blocks. Oh, okay. Those are blocks. And, yeah, but and there's... a rocking a, horse. There's and a drum. There's and... a jack-in-the-box. There's all sorts of toys. And at this point, I realized... She signs her name, not just on this spread, but on every illustration. I swear, certain illustrators, we've run across these before. Sometimes they would do this, and I've never... I guess the idea being that you could sell the original prints, maybe? I've always been unclear as to why they did it, but that's been my theory. Now, you know I don't like clowns. I do know you don't like clowns. And let me give you just one reason here. Why why is that reason there? Uh, As to why I don't like clowns Uh is because they are murderous, Betsy. Oh, okay. So all the toys have been alive at this point. Oh, great. We've seen, you know, the, the... the clown yeah. and the doll. Wait. Oh, and, there's a clown. Yeah, and there's like a toy horse that's uh-huh. alive. Like uh-huh. all these toys are alive. Yes. 
Well, after the two-page spread where you see all these toys, you flip the page and you see the clown nailing the jack-in-the-box clothes. Whoa! And this is not a mistake because it's also on the title page <laughs> where he is nailing the jack-in-the-box closed. Oh, I guess this jack-in-the-box is broken. We'll just toss it out. Wow. What did it ever do to you, buddy? Um, we also see, uh, well, it mentions that Santa smokes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Santa he, always, almost always smokes. Yeah. He has a pipe, um, and the smoke encircles his head like a wreath, at which point he then gives the, uh, well, later on, he, I, spoiler alert, he makes the dog addicted to nicotine. <laughs> But, Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> but before we, well, it's it's on the same page. So Santa, and, Dan, Santa's in the pocket of uh, as he's giving big cigarette, the, huh? the pipe Marble to man. the corgi. It says he was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. Elf. There, there we it go. is. There we go. Elf. But why is he getting the dog to smoke? Uh, is he doing it right there? Yeah, it's well, right I there. I think it's an act of generosity on his. Part. Why would you? First of all, there's no benefit to this for anyone. There's no benefit to you because now you've got dog slobber on your pipe. And there's no benefit to the dog because now the dog's addicted to nicotine. Exactly. So, yeah. You you flip the page. Oh, the dog has really taken to it, hasn't he? Oh, the dog is not letting oh, go. It no, is no, no. forever. He's got a he's in, got a feel for it now. He it's that it's the wow. dog's pipe now. Uh, yeah, it's the dog's pipe now. But the text says a wink of his eye. And a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. It was a nod of his head. Okay, interesting. Which makes me think, what was this guy dreading before he got winked at by a (laughs) tiny elf? Maybe his dog getting addicted to pipe smoking. I don't know. Well, and what, now the... He was like, it's okay. Wink. It's uh, it's clove cigarette. Way way to go, Santa, for getting this dog lung cancer. Yeah, exactly. Um, Didn't know that was part of the story, but here we are. (laughs) Another weird detail. Um, As Santa um, lays his finger next to his nose and flies up the chimney, underneath there's an illustration of a cannon pointed at a horse. And I'm like, is anyone else concerned? Ah! About the fate of the horse that has a cannon pointed at him. Is this him? a tin soldier it is. type situation? I see. Yeah. All right. All right. All the soldiers have their back to the cannon, which makes me think they don't want to see what's going to happen. Oh, man. Yeah. They know. Nothing good's going to happen to that horse. No. Yeah. No. That's sad. No, Why that's are they great. hurting animals left and right? I think they're just negligent. Lung cancer. And <laughs> Lung cancer. And cannons at horses. <laughs> and... <laughs> to be fair, it hasn't gone off. It might not even be loaded. Well, we we don't know because right. it doesn't show it on we the We never next see page. the aftermath. Yeah. Nope. Really, yeah. <laughs> uh, so right, so Santa has given all the toys, and now he's up the chimney, yep. and now he's flying away, and all the, the the corgi and the cat who has his arm around the mouse. Uh, what? Oh wow, this is a peaceable kingdom. Yeah, type they're all, isn't it? They're yeah. all just waving at uh, Santa and his reindeer and his owl. Uh, because apparently that's Santa's owl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, Santa's owl. And they're we all, all know the stories of Santa's owl. Hedwig. Uh, and they're all flying away. And of course, we all know the last line. But I heard him expla- ex- exclaim ere he drove out of sight. Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. I've heard so many different versions of that last line. 
sometimes I hear Merry Christmas and sometimes I hear Happy Christmas. I think happy is a, the original word. Yeah. But some people just change it because it sounds kind of weird to us to be like, Happy Christmas. That's, not That's what they do over the pond. I know it's what they do over the pond. ain't what we do here, Tank America. And then the back of the book has information about the original author and... C. Clement Moore? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, well... Have, there, does it mention the controversy of Clement her, uh... Clark Moore. So it's... C. Clement... Oh, I was doing the other way. Clark around. Moore, I guess, then. Mm, Clement Seymour, maybe I'm saying. Maybe there I'm you saying go. Wrong. There you go, okay. Who yeah. apparently was a professor of religion, yet he wrote this poem about Santa for his kids exactly 200 years ago. Did you know that? It was in 1822. Exactly 200 really? years ago. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of debate as to whether or not he's the real author or not. I think people have decided he really is the real author, but it's like Shakespeare. Some people have been like, no, he had, he didn't even like children. Well, it's, <laughs> so. the, the information says that this poem remained unacknowledged until 1837 when it was included in an anthology of poetry along with several other poems by Moore. Then it went viral. Yeah. Uh, and also, <laughs> it gives other information about Tasha Tudor, um, which apparently the illustrations are based on her Vermont farmhouse. Yeah. She had a whole setup out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then true. the very end of the book here, we have an illustration of the oh, dog trying corgi. to paw at the nailed oh. down <laughs> jack-in-the-box. <laughs> Just wondering just how he can out. save the yeah, the poor Jack inside. I'm sorry, it's literally been nailed shut. It's yep. not gonna happen. Is it in the? It's not in the final final shot. No, but, uh, the final yeah. final shot is the that's the boys playing with the toy soldiers and mm-hmm. the castle and the corgis looking on in the end. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh. Yep. Nope. It's uh. Well, it's your your basic Christmas classic. There are very many picture book variations on this. Uh, none of, you know, they, they, they come, come out with a new one pretty much every year. You'll see a new one come out with a slight variation here or there. But, uh, as to whether or not, I mean, really in some ways we, we kind of are deciding if this is the quintessential, uh, Night Before Christmas picture book. And, you know, there's arguments to be made in different ways. So, uh, ratings time. Okay. So first of all, I had no idea St. Nick was an elf. Mm -hmm. So that was new to me. Yeah. I think most folks know the first and last lines, but who knows the line as dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky? Yeah, that line has always thrown me. It is so weirdly poetic in the middle of this poem. Yeah. Where you're like, I want to hear about Santa. And it's like, where's wild leaves? And it's like, really? Okay. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, but these illustrations in this particular book, they don't do it for me. Really? Um, no. Because w- the back of the book says that Thomas Nass, the guy who is responsible for the oh, re- yeah. for the Republican elephant and the Democratic donkey, he was the one who first dressed Santa in the costume that we know Santa as yeah. today. Right. So it's hard to compete with that. Um, so it, however... Corporation, they came up with that Santa as well. So well, if we're just looking at this book, we've got a smoking dog, mm-hmm. we've got air traffic control chipmunks, Which and we have so awesome. a clown who kept the Jack in the Box <laughs> in the box forever. So um, it's fine, but it's just not doing it for me. I think. 
The poem is fine, but the illustrations bring it down to a five for me. So this book um, was not the night before Christmas that I grew up with. I grew up with a different version of this book that, could I tell you who the illustrator was? I couldn't off the top of my head, um, but I had great fondness for it. So this, I'm, I'm sort of coming into this, I, I'd seen it once before because I my as I say, my sister-in-law had shown it to me and I had vaguely noted, she had told me, she was like, this is the one where he's a tiny little elf. And I'm like, no, never seen that one before. But I think the the very details that you have pointed out, the air traffic control, chipmunks, the nailing of the -the jack-in-the-box, the pipe somehow ending up in a dog's mouth, um, this is why I like the book. I like it because there are details. There are little things to find. Because if you're reading this book like every year to your kids, you want these little details. You want the, the, that little bit. I like a book that takes a classic something and makes it weird. And this with the tiny Santa and the tiny reindeer and then all those little details, this makes it just a little weird. And I like it. I like her art. I like her style. I, I'm a 6.5. Okay, so with our scores combined, it is just barely over. Toe over the line classic! It's just barely Woo! a classic. Wait, new Christmas classic! Which is not to say new because it's really old. <laughs> Yay! Letters time! Ooh. We didn't get much, but we have had a couple people commenting on some of our previous books. Uh, for example, we still have some comments coming in about the stupids. And uh, particularly from Stephanie, the third sister. Mm. So I had... In the Instagram post on that picture, I had pointed out the sheer laziness of making the wallpaper blue flowers when a guy sitting in front of it is also wearing a shirt covered in blue, the same exact blue flowers. And Stephanie wrote in, I'm obsessed with thinking that the wallpaper is from a certain Agatha Christie murder mystery, the blue geranium, where the presence of blue flowers on wallpaper had to do with arsenic poisoning. I think that's a much better interpretation of that picture than what we had. I think that's great. That's wonderful. Then later we had Eula Girl, uh, who was talking about where you had that big, uh, in the Laughing Latkes book that uh-huh. we did, you had the huge boot. Yes. And, uh, and you had it next to a, lot, a tiny little latka. And she said, I'm getting Bambi meets Godzilla vibes. Aww. I agree. <laughs> It'd be very easy for that boot to just onto that latka. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third one came from you. You emailed me. Uh, You said a loyal listener emailed us asking for a list of books we've done and our ratings, and I made this into a Google sheet for anyone to access. Can you share this on your blog? And I said, no, because I'm doing 31 days, 31 lists. And, uh, but in January... Maybe not first thing, first thing, because the first of January, I tend to do my obits for the previous year. But after that, I will post it on the blog of Hughes Number 8 Production, and people will be able to access all the books that we have done. Excellent. Uh, to this point. Cool. Grown-up things we like. You go first. Well, I'm a little sad. This is not my grown-up thing I like. This is something I don't like. And I should have mentioned this at the top of the show. Um, but Wolf Erlbruch has died. Uh, we just did one of his books. Can, can you imagine what it was? Nope. The Little Mole Who Knew It Was None of His Business oh, or whatever the, the Americans. One. The Poop One. He did that and then he did Duck Death and the Tulip oh. and uh, and he just passed away and I was very uh, gratified by the amount of people in the children's literature community who were sad um, uh, to hear of his passing because he wasn't exactly a household name in the States um, but there you go. So my actual grown-up thing is uh, two movies that I saw recently. One was very good and what was very bad. The very good movie was The Menu. 
this is the movie out in theaters, I believe still right now. Ray Fiennes uh, is this fancy hoity-toity chef. It is hilarious, and it does not look it from the trailer. The trailer just looks dark and... Uh, uh, but it is a funny, funny, funny movie. Two thumbs way, way up on the menu. Two thumbs way, way down on the version of Phantom of the Opera that starred Claude Rains. And I love Claude Rains. I'm a huge Claude Rains fan. Uh, you know, in Casablanca, he played Captain Louis Renault. Uh, not good. I knew it wasn't good. I had heard over the years it was bad. It was terrible. <laughs> Okay. Really, like, literally terrible. One reviewer apparently called it, should have been called the opera of the opera. It's just people singing opera. And oh. then once in a while, Claude Rains, who is the Phantom and is third build, so that's not a good sign, <laughs> um, is just sort of lurking around the edges. But yeah, terrible film. So yay on the menu, boo on the Claude Rains Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, I was traveling, so I went to London, and I went to Edinburgh, and I went to Dublin. So you saw London, you saw France, you didn't see France. No, no, no I, I stayed in uh, very cold English-speaking places. Yes, and you did go, it looked very cold. It was, uh, but my favorite place among those three were the Highlands of Scotland. Yay! They were the most beautiful place I've ever seen. Uh, we went and saw, I think, like seven different locks. Uh, but we did go and see Loch Ness, Yay. which uh, I recommend you go in December because there's not that many people and it is absolutely beautiful because there's snow everywhere and it's quiet and it's beautiful and the water reflects the mountains and it is just gorgeous. So um, highly recommend you go to the Scottish Highlands if you get the chance. Very cool. Yeah. I've never been to the Scottish Highlands. They looked very pretty in your picture. They were very pretty. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right, folks, get thee to Scotland. <laughs> yes. That's our advice. That's it. That's yeah. really it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we've finally gotten through the holiday season. Yay. And, uh, and that's good because I've got a couple books that I've been sitting on uh, that I think we should be getting to. So we will be returning to our usual non holiday fair. Excellent. Well, Excellent. Happy Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day to you and happy <laughs> Boxing Day to you, listeners. And until uh, we come to another holiday of any sort, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our jolly old elf, so lively and quick, is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. <laughs>